Welcome back to the Toolkit Depot studio out here at Optus Stadium. The rain's still pitter-pattering away outside the window here. Winter continues, even though the calendar says it's spring. Well, the last time the football club from my hometown which is Darken, and the football team is West Arthur, or was West Arthur, it is no more. They won a flag in 1976 and proceeded to drink the town dry. So my first question to Josh Kennedy, the Eagles legend, who is about to join us on the show, is Josh, is there any alcohol at all left in Northampton at the moment? Uh, not much left, not much, especially when uh, the coach's dad owns one of the pubs in town. Yeah, it was. Um, there was a fair few beers flowing. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was good. So Josh is brought to us thanks to Advanced Hair, Australia's biggest renowned hair restoration clinic. And I think Josh probably needs a hair of the dog at the moment to get him going again today. <laughs> hey, um, it was a pretty dramatic day. Tell us about the game. Uh, it was. Um, it was epic. So, Oh, momentum swings and, um, you know, from both teams, uh, we, it was a fair breeze up one end. Um, so it was quite tricky to have you know, shots on goals. It was just blowing straight across the ground and there was obviously one scoring end. And yeah, we, we ended up kicking uh, the first five goals and um, Railways obviously missed a few. And um, and then as the game kind of panned out and, and, and kept going along, Railways, um, you know, kept pegging back, pegging back. And um, it was a really tight game. The whole, it was a great contest. Um, yeah, and it came down to, I suppose, the last the last few minutes. And um, we were a couple of goals up. Um, and then Harry kicked a point, um, which didn't register on the scoreboard. So they, uh, they didn't put it up. So um, we were obviously five points down, um, um, but really we should have been six. And um, uh, Railway's got a free kick, kicked their goal, um, and it, uh, it bounced through. Obviously, one bounced through that hit the post. So there was a bit of controversy with that. Got called a goal um, to get to get them to be five points down. Um, obviously, the scoreboard was wrong. And then... Um, then they kicked another one, and um, yeah, obviously went to on the scoreboard went to a point up, and um, yeah, probably the last two minutes it was just a just a scrap. Yeah, they did really well on just congesting the footy and bringing a stoppage after stoppage and ticking the time down, and the siren went, and um, obviously railway celebrated. We all thought we lost, so um, for a good I don't know, a good three minutes, we thought we'd lost the grand final, and. Then all the officials started coming out and people saying it's a draw, it's a draw. And, yeah, obviously the umpires did a bit of a check with the with the score, um, the goal umpires, and they hadn't registered that point, so it was a draw. Um, so we had overtime. So uh, unbelievable feeling going from losing a grand final and then them telling you you got 10 minutes, um, 10 more minutes, which, you know, for us, we were quite lucky in that sense. And then, you know, for railways to be celebrating, they just won a grand final and, um, Railways, uh, a beast of a footy club up here, you know, uh, one of the biggest, and um, they, they're always in finals, and uh, they've been through a few and lost, and, um, you know, to see them celebrating um, and then get told that, yeah, we have to play another 10 minutes because of the score check, it was um, it was crazy. It was, it was unreal seeing. <laughs> I'm so glad we won. Um, but, um, but, yeah, just a real weird and yeah, crazy ending to, to a day that was, um, yeah, it was, it was a great game. Were they a little salty? After all that, Josh, the other the other oh, as you, yeah, as you, as you would be, yeah, the frustration, and as you would if you know if that was us on the other side, of, of course you would be. But 
Yeah, there was. Yeah, the, um, I suppose the person who was in control of the scoreboard, yeah, just didn't register at that point. And interesting on the live stream, um, the score was you know sixty sixty, and then um, yeah, it kind of got knocked back because I think this, they they must have checked the scoreboard. So the live stream went off. Yeah, the actual scoreboard in the day, and so it was yeah, it was absolute scenes. Um, and then obviously going into overtime. Um, we kicked we kicked three goals in you know five minutes each way, which is quite funny. Obviously, we've done that with um, in that final against Port Adelaide, and um, yeah, five minutes each side, and you just you're up one end, and then the sign goes, and you've got to get up the other end before they throw the ball up. So uh, no time for the coaches to have any words, and yeah, we we end up kicking three goals to to put us in front and, and then win the game. How was your performance? <laughs> Uh, was, I kicked three early, and then, um, then yeah, then I started to hobble around like uh, the age caught up with me, and um, yeah, I was uh, I was pretty average, um, couldn't couldn't mark it, um, but it was just great being out there, and um, you know the team played so well all day, um, and you know all credit to Railways, it was it was just an epic game to be involved with because there was so much class out there um, from both teams, and it was a good brand of footy, and um, yeah, the momentum swings is just something that you know. When you're on the other end and you can't stop it, you know you don't really like it. But um, yeah, it was it was it would have been a great game to watch. So tell us about what you did afterwards, because obviously Northampton is out of Geraldton. How did the team go about celebrating? Yeah, so um, the whole town went back to the footy club in Northampton, which was fantastic, and um, you know to see everyone there and. Uh, it was it was unreal. Um, it's been 19 years, you know, um, since uh, since the last grand final. Um, it's actually the last time I was I was playing with Northampton. I didn't get selected for that grand final, so I missed out in 2004. And um, I remember the coach telling me that, um, well, you, you you're young, you're going to be involved with many more grand finals with Northampton because we'll be playing finals for a while. And obviously, I left to Perth and, and didn't come back until um, 19 years later. So. Um, it was uh, it was pretty cool just to see all the 2004 group, um, all the old guys there, and um, just the whole town. Um, yeah, it's funny with I suppose with AFL, you, you have your fans and your members, and you don't really know them. Um, but when you play, I suppose country footy and have a town like Northampton, you just you know all all the members and all the fans, and it was really nice to celebrate. Um, I suppose with the whole town. What sort of player is Harry Taylor these days? Would he still go all right? Yeah, no, he goes all right. He goes all right. He, he takes some good clunks. He needs to work on his goal kicking. He's pretty average with that. He, <laughs> he keeps flower bagging a few, but he gets he gets a fair few shots, and um, and he's still switched on. Um, you know, he was the he was the main, or well, not the main reason, but he 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 knew the point hadn't counted. Um, so he was straight uh, as soon as that siren went, he went straight to the umpires and and obviously the officials. And there was a lot of people in the crowd, obviously. Marking the score down that that knew, but yeah, he was he was straight onto it. So when we all kind of dropped and thought we'd lost the grand final, yeah, he was um, he was on um, he's on telling the officials that the point didn't register. So yeah, it um, did you obviously there's a short drive from Geraldton to Northampton. Did you catch a bus down as a team? Like how did you get back to Northampton? Yeah, so they had a couple buses. Yeah, yeah. So the team jumped on one bus, and um, family and friends on the other. And um, <clears throat> most of the people obviously going back into town because they live there. So yeah, it was um, yeah, it was great to be able to get back to the footy club. And yeah, we obviously had a few beers that night, and then was down the um, the top pub, which is um, the Monas Arms, which the coach's dad owns, and that was on Sunday. And then yeah, a bit of a uh, bit of a dress up yesterday, and um, I'm looking forward to kicking back into some work now.
Okay. Um, so obviously, <laughs> West Coast had their best and fairest on Saturday night. Tim Kelly, a predictable yeah. and deserving winner, we think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. To win, obviously, two hundred, you know, forty clear of Oscar, and um, no, it was, it was, it's great to see. He's been so consistent all year, as we've as we've seen, and it's been a really rough year for for West Coast. But um, his consistency on on performing and um, doing his best for the team, you know, obviously being rewarded with with the best and fairest, and um, to see you know Oscar um, get runner up is, is fantastic, and um, he really led from the front this year, especially having a year off and. Obviously, Duggo's there as well. Um, so Oscar and Duggo, obviously the two that looking at hopefully um, becoming the next captain of the footy club, and both have led led well. But uh, it was it was great to see Bailey Williams and, and Noah Long kind of in the top ten, young kids coming through and played most of the year, and um, to see them get in the top ten, you know, is, is a credit to to them and the work they've done um, to to build, I suppose, their careers coming forward. Tim Kelly said he thought he'd played better this year than he did in 2019 when he finished fifth in the Brownlow and second just behind Paddy Dangerfield in Geelong's best and fairest and made an All-Australian team. Now, that's a it's a big claim to make, but I wonder, based on what we've seen of Tim this year, is he a better player now than he was in 2019? Because I suspect the answer is yes. Uh. I think he is. I think his, his role's a little bit different to what it was when he was at Geelong. And he did have a lot of freedom, I think, at Geelong, and he was able to push forward and kick some goals. And, you know, that's something that we'd obviously love him to do more at West Coast. But, you know, uh, being that, you know, number one midfielder in the middle, um, there's obviously a lot of heat getting put on him at times this year, but still being able to work through that. And, and I think when, when the team's not going that well and he's still been able to perform, you know, I can understand why he's saying that, he feels like this year's been better, but he's he's done a mountain of work, you know, every preseason um, from, you know, stripping down the weight, getting strong, um, and yeah, all that hard work that he put in, you know, and have the consistency this year. It's 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 great to see. What is Oscar Allen capable of if he gets a decent level of supply, and he he just, I would imagine there's still probably a year of maturing to go before he hits his absolute peak. What what do you think Oscar's top end is as a forward? <clears throat> Yeah, well, um, you know, seeing this year and, you know, averaging two goals a game, which is pretty hard, you know, pretty hard to do. And um, I think just with his body and, and making sure he, he keeps that um, under wraps and keeps that, you know, going well. The, the nature of the game is being a tall forward in that position, you know, you do get banged up a fair bit. Um, so he's going to have to make sure that he keeps watching that over the course of his preseason. But, um, you know, he's always striving to be the best. Um, he's always, always striving to get better. And that's why we've seen so much consistency in him. And you talk about some more, more supply. I, I don't know what the, the average was for West Coast this year, but it would have been in the 30s. If that starts to pop up to 40, 50, you know, there's an extra 15 a game. You, you think about uh, how many more opportunities that, that Oscar's going to have on goal. And, um, you know, it takes that average of, you know, maybe two goals up to three. And, and then you can start seeing those, I suppose, 60-goal-a-year uh, performances, um, which is what you want to see from a from your key forward, and um, he'd be right up there with the top end. I was going to ask you, the the benchmark almost as power forwards now seems to be Charlie Curnow from Carlton. Do you think Oscar is in yeah. that bracket given reasonable supply, Josh? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Charlie is a um, you know, an amazing talent, and you know, going back to that, Coleman's is, is an amazing achievement, and um, he's, he's young, and he had those injuries early, and he's got his body right, and 
um, just his athleticism, being able to jump and, uh, you know, the way he moves on the, on the lead, it's, um, you know, and, and Oscar has very similar traits. So um, that supply comes up. You, the way West Coast want to play, um, especially, you know, using the hands a bit more and breaking those lines and doing that quick play, that, that, that really plays into the hands of the tall forwards. Um, so if, if they can get that going, get more supply in, Oscar's going to be putting himself in a lot more opportunities and um, you can definitely see him being up there with um, with guys like Charlie Kerno. He's a bit of a money man too, Oscar, isn't he? He doesn't drop many that he should hold on to and he doesn't miss many that he should kick. Um, so yeah. if, if the opportunity comes, you suspect he's going to capitalise? Yeah, well, he's, he's, he's always worked on his goal kicking and um, that's one thing I suppose we've always talked about is, you know, when you've got limited supply and limited opportunity, you want to make the most of it. So um, his dedication and commitment to, um, one, you know, getting better every week, but his, his goal kicking um, is something that he works on, you know, every day. And, um, yeah, you, you just think if you do have a bit more supply and, and he's taking the most of these opportunities where, where it could take, I suppose, with those shots on goal and, and how many more he can kick, so... Um, it's definitely exciting times for, for someone like Oscar who, you know, is going to be a leader of this football club and be a big part of, um, I suppose, moving the club back up to playing finals. Three players heading overseas, Jeremy McGovern, Elliot Yo, and Harry Edwards going to uh, Doha to talk to physiotherapist Ender King, who's a bit of a guru, who's apparently worked with Lionel Messi and uh, a yep. few other big names around the world. Good move, something you would support? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I think so. I think you know uh, AFL and, and the standard and the, and the eliteness of it. You know, you you need to be outsourcing the best of the best in the world. And um, if the club and you know um, you've got the funds to do it, why wouldn't you? Um, because you're always striving to to be the most professional you can be. So seeking advice from overseas and um, you know from the best in the world, I, I, I think is a no-brainer. And um, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad that the club have committed to doing it. Um, we've seen many clubs over the course of the last decade um, do it with certain things when, when guys have certain injuries that kind of linger and um, just can't get a grasp on it. So um, hopefully it's all positive and, and, and they come back and, yeah, can sort it all out. Obviously, we talk a lot about guys like McGovern and Elliot Yo, but tell us a bit about Harry Edwards because he played two games this year and he arrived at the club as a very highly touted key position player. So... <laughs> How do you rate him, and what does he need to do to get himself right and get back in that AFL mix? Yeah, well, Harry, Harry shot up in, in terms of his height. So he's, he's one of those, you know, nearly 200-centimetre um, tall key position uh, players who has a long reach, and um, he's still working on his craft and, um, you know, his ability with his body work, um, you know, over the last you know few years, he's, he's got better and better. Um, and... I think just that craft sense on um, understanding where to position your, your, your forward and, and, and also reading the play um, and making those quick decisions, like obviously what Gov can do and um, Tom, Barras, Tom Barras have done um, over the course of their career. Um, he plays similar in that, you know, being able to help and support and drop off. But um, I think Harry's greatest asset is he's going to be able to lock down um, some of the best, you know, key forwards moving forward. And, um, using that height and that reach is something that he needs to make sure he gets a bit smarter at because when he can do that, it's it's very hard to take a mark on him. Yeah, and it's a big year coming up for him, isn't it? After you you have a season yeah. where you play two games and hopefully he gets his body right, he can get back out there 
re-establish sort of uh, rhythm, I guess. Um, I'm a great believer in rhythm amongst AFL players because you kind of get in that rhythm of just playing week to week, playing well. You get belief and confidence, yeah. and clearly he hasn't had that for a year or so now. Hey, um, yeah, yeah. AFL finals coming up this week. Now, you used mm-hmm. to play at Carlton. How yep. big How big is Carlton's return to finals footy going to be, you reckon? Oh, it's going to be huge. Yeah, they've obviously been uh, you know, a massive club um, in this competition for you know well over 100 years and um, obviously not being in finals you know for a long time. Uh, it's a pretty special moment, I think, for the club. And um, it's great to see, obviously, you know, the Northampton boy, Patrick Cripps, being able to take him and, and lead him there. And uh, it's, it's exciting for the whole club. I assume it's going to be a massive crowd there against Sydney. And, um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they go because their momentum this back end of the year was, was unbelievable. And um, I suppose what Voss has done with them and everyone was calling for Voss's head at the start of the year. And, and obviously now he's, he's, he's turning to be one of the best coaches ever. So it's interesting the narrative that's been set. But, um, you know, the current footy club and, and the talent and the players they have and what they've done this back end of the year, it's put them in good stead moving into these finals. And, yeah, it's exciting to see, I suppose, where they can go this final series. How will they go, Josh? You reckon they win this week? I think they win this week. Yeah, I think they win this week and they, they push through the second semi. Um, from there, I'm not too sure. But, yeah, I think uh, the way they play and, and the matchups, obviously against Sydney, I think that, um, yeah, they should, they'll be able to win. And who do you fancy for the the title? Who's your the, the team that you've got your money on? Oh, oh, I've been Collingwood and obviously there's been a few injuries with what's going on this last few weeks and... Um, you know, them being able to, you know, uh, not pull rabbits out of the hat, but just consistently grind through and, and win games. And um, I think they've got the belief. Um, they've got the game plan to be able to do it. Um, all year I've kind of been saying I think it's going to be Collingwood Melbourne. Um, so this this first final, Friday night, um, I think it's going to be a bit of a preview um, to the grand final. I, I'd, I'd love to see Brisbane and uh, one of the interstate teams kind of get through, but I just, I've had this feeling that it's going to be Collingwood Melbourne. Yeah, Brisbane will... I guess the, the good news for the interstate clubs is that one of them gets a home prelim final, don't they? Which means that if... Um, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think this is Brisbane's best chance because they have the opportunity to go home quali, um, home prelim. Um, but if yep. Port Adelaide can cause the upset and win up there, then at least they play at home in the prelim. You don't want to be on the road too much in September when you're playing tough games and uh, it takes a little bit long longer to recover. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that's been one thing with a lot of state teams um, is getting that, you know, that top two spot and... and, and pushing through to try and get a home prelim because it does set you up. And, and that's how, obviously, we've got to our grand finals uh, most of the time. Um, and, yeah, it does make a massive difference uh, having those home finals and, and especially a home prelim rolling into a grand final uh, with all the travel that you have to do. Um, now, one concerning Fremantle. If you're a list manager at Freo and you had the decision to make on keep or trade Sean Darcy with Luke Jackson playing very well as a ruckman... <laughs> What, what would you do? Yeah. What would you do? Oh, I, I don't know what I'd do because they're both quality players. And, um, you know, uh, Darcy's, you know, been amazing for that football club and, and the way he's gone about it. And um, he's a really, you know, kind of driver of, I suppose, their momentum out of, out of the forward, uh, out of the middle, sorry. And, um, yeah, and I getting Luke Jackson over, obviously having the combo. Um, interesting looking at a lot of teams and the ruck combos, how they just haven't 
haven't been working at late, you know. There used to be some, you know, big key duos back in the day, but it's, yeah, it's for some reason that these days it doesn't seem to work. But uh, I don't know, I'd be trying to work um, on help uh, having them play together um, because they're both quality players. But um, it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward. You know, obviously with, with Darcy and he's just had and they're not playing and Luke's um, playing really well and whether they think that combo is going to work because... Um, yeah, the big couple of years for Fremantle, I think, if, you know, getting Luke Jackson in and, and, and Darcy going. But uh, Luke Jackson looks like he's going to be an unbelievable player and um, he's got the talent, he's got the skill and hopefully, um, you know, whatever decision they make, you know, they're, um, they've got a good ruckman moving forward because they're in a premiership window, I think, uh, with the list that they've got. I know they didn't make finals, but these next, you know, three to five years... Um, I'm pretty confident that they'll be back up there and um, hopefully get a chance at, at, at playing in the grand final. Josh, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Always look forward to your insights and uh, just uh, have a couple of alcohol-free days, mate. That's my advice to you. I, I will. Trust me, I will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Kennedy, West Coast Eagles legend and, of course, AFL Life member and a regular on our show on Tuesdays and a very dusty Northampton full forward at the moment. He comes to us thanks to Advanced Hair Clinic, the number one go-to for hair loss restoration by sportsmen around the globe. I don't think Josh is in any need of the Advanced Hair Clinic at the moment, but uh, I'm sure they've been very good for other people. We'll take a break and be back with more after the break.